Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Sandman, and I, along with my co-host here, Mr. Eric Patterson, we're going to be your host for the next hour this evening. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Well, you know, it's Friday, February 15th, 2019, and of course, that means it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit, uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a different approach to the show and get away from the paranormal cryptozoology and UFO topics that we seem to talk about so much. You know, every so often I'll do a conspiracy theory show because you can't have a podcast like this without, uh, you know, doing some sort of conspiracy theory every once in a while, you know, so, uh, and you all know that I'm not a real big conspiracy theorist unless you uh, start talking about chemtrails or maybe the NFL. You know. Um, however, I watched uh, probably about a month ago, I watched this little one-hour documentary uh, about Randy Quaid and how he's kind of gone off the deep end with his uh, whole Hollywood star whacker conspiracy theory thing. And I thought... You know, that would uh, probably make for a very interesting show topic. So, so here we are. You know. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one. I had never heard of this when you uh, when you brought it up, and uh, he uh, he brings up some interesting points. I will say, um, I'm not totally convinced, but I, I can see I can see where there could be something going on. As we uh, as we get into it, yeah, yeah. So, you think there is a some sort of clandestine group of of Hollywood superpowers out there that's ruining the careers, deliberately ruining the careers of of um, you know Hollywood stars, or, or framing them, or or you know uh, trying to kill them? I I could I could see. Just considering the amount of wealth and power-hungry individuals that we all know exists around the world, as well as Hollywood and politics, um, I could see. I don't know about the killing. I don't. I. I don't. I think it's a little extreme. Um, possible. It is possible, but I. I could see ruining people financially, being. Uh, a key strategy as well as um maybe some psychological uh mind games that make people seem crazy and then everyone's like okay yeah they're just crazy so by that point if you have the idea that they are crazy in the public mind you have basically ruined their career yeah that's a that's a good point yeah you so what would be the purpose for ruining someone's career why would you want to do that like they didn't do what you wanted them to do or yeah well that's actually that's kind of the thing that's like in it was all in the back of my mind as I was listening to the Randy Quaid thing like what did he do or whose bad side did he get on or any of the others names that we'll bring up as we get into it but yeah like what did they do possibly to upset or not follow someone's orders if you will yeah I guess that's the big question as to why. Well, Randy Quaid is our only, um, 
he and his wife are our only main source for this, right? Because you, 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 you can look up stuff on the internet and you can see that there's not a lot of stuff that's, that's out there that's, that's existing. So he is our main man, our main source of info for this. He is. Um, he is the main source. Um, yeah, there's really not, even when you type in Google, it's uh, just like really obscure stuff. So that's that was a tough part. So, <laughs> so it makes it hard to find out information about. Very, yeah, it. very tough. Yeah. So let let me tell you a little bit, listeners out there. Let's, let 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 me tell you a little bit about the history of this and kind of what the Hollywood Star Whackers are, or at least what Randy Quaid says they are. So for those of you who don't know who Randy Quaid is, he's actually at one point was considered to be. Um, one of the the Hollywood it guys. He was a, a character actor. You could always go to him to provide some really strong secondary characters. Uh, vacation was uh, one of his things that he was known for for comedic relief, and also in um, uh, Independence Day, where he played the guy that was uh, everyone thought was the crazy guy because he was going around saying he was kidnapped by aliens and. It turns out it was was true. I mean, this guy was a a, a Golden Globe winner, um, and he was nominated for an Oscar and a uh, BAFTA award. And this guy was discovered by uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Um, and like I said, he, he's he's best known for Vacation and um, Independence Day. Brother of uh, um, I won't keep wanting to say Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Brother of Dennis Quaid. Um, and uh, he, he um, like I said, is best known for the, for the, um, the performance that he did in, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm having a stroke. Independence Day. Yeah, you're spacing out today. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank <laughs> no you so much. It was all that cough syrup I drank before I started the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so his, his, his scene in this, that, that makes it stand out in, in that movie is where he, uh, it was what, 1996, this was this big blockbuster movie, had Will Smith in it. And, uh, it was where he was, you know, taking his, his F-15 and flying it up the keister of the spaceship going, you know, hello boys, I'm back. You know, that was, that was it. It's, 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 that's one of my, uh, one of my favorite movies. Independence Day, and that scene is like iconic. Yeah, you see it every Fourth of July. <laughs> uh, so, in February of 2017, uh, Randy Quaid posted a video on Twitter where he said, "I'm back," and um, this context was uh a little bit different not in the it was i mean he hadn't it wasn't doing it in, in the fact that he was back from a movie but he uh was um how, how do i put this uh he said it while he was pretending to have some sort of rough sexual engagement with his wife evie and she was there wearing a bikini and a Rupert Murdoch mask, and there was a dog who was barking in the background. Now, this was this video that he posted on Twitter in 2017. I uh, I have to be honest, I missed that one. I, I missed that one, but that is that's pretty wild. 
Eric, have you seen any of his Twitter posts have, have, or his videos? Have you looked at them? No, actually, I uh, for, for some reason or another, it didn't even cross my mind to go on Twitter. But no, I haven't. But I will have to. Uh, I have to do that after the show, after we talk about him. Yeah, they're they're crazy. They're they're absolutely batshit insane, crazy crazy stuff that he's posting on Twitter. Um, so it, it, that's part of his his mo now. He's he's doing all these crazy internet posts and Twitter and and, and all this, and you, you you throw in his supporting part alongside Brando Nicholson and the Missouri Breaks, and you have uh, 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 a movie that he did. Um, he played, uh, what was it, in Vacation Cousin Eddie. That That's what really was his breakout role. And, you know, he you find out this guy's a major um, character actor in Hollywood. And something has happened to him over the last 10 or so years where he has gone through like one of the most is you know saddest strangest weirdest messed up declines in Hollywood. I mean people fall from grace all the time in Hollywood, you know. He has really hit rock bottom here. Yeah, it's um it's really interesting because of you as you said he uh super high profile um, through the nineties and early two thousands. Um, and I don't know, um, maybe kind of bringing it like not to like a conspiracy theory, but like maybe the guy just like had enough. Like we, we always hear like that Hollywood life is just super demanding and stressful and, um, especially with like all the social media today, like people are always attacking you and, um, yeah, it happens to musicians all the time, especially the young ones. So I don't know, maybe like not so conspiracy wise. It's also a possibility that the guy just kind of cracked, had a mental break. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I know exactly. It does. It sounds, it sounds like, yeah, that's definitely what happened. Well, I, I don't have any, um, doubts in my mind that he has had some sort of mental or psychotic break, but you know, you gotta, you can't not look at his conspiracy theory and wonder if maybe there's a little bit of something to it. Maybe not as big and grandiose as what he's saying, you know, but maybe there is something to all this. Yeah, for sure. You yeah, you, yeah, you got to look at the at the whole thing, and uh, it, it it could it could be uh, it could be maybe just like one or two individuals that he put on the wrong page, or uh, he just like powerful individuals that he pissed off, and who knows? It's it's entirely possible with all the wealth and influence in in Hollywood that people could just have been like, hey, I don't I don't want this guy around anymore, like. Uh, F that's, off to Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's probably it. That, that you know, you could you could definitely make an argument for that. So you know, this guy he's he's um, sixty seven years old now, and if you look at him, he's always been um, not the best dresser. He always looked like he was kind of a little unkempt and everything, but he's always been clean shaven and always looked like you know he took a bath today. You know, 
And now he's got this really bushy, white, mountain man-looking beard. And he's wearing all these weird outfits. And looks like he probably took a bath maybe last week. You know, my mom used to have this saying about people. Uh, I'm sorry, Mom, for outing you. But she used to have this saying. It was like, that person looks like he would stink. And that's that. That's what Randy Quaid looks like these days. He looks like he would stink. I'm sorry. That's just how he looks to me. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost like he took the uh, cousin Eddie role just a little too far. <laughs> if you think, you know, that's Eddie. a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He is taking the cousin Eddie role a little bit too far. So, so since um, his last credited screen role that was uh, 2009. He's basically spent most of his time on the run from U.S. law enforcement. Uh, This all started back in September of 2009 when he and his wife, Evie, got arrested in Texas because they'd left a hotel in California with a $10,000 outstanding bill. And um, apparently this isn't the only time that this has happened, but this was the one that got him where all the trouble with the law started. And then a year later, they get arrested again, this time for squatting in the guest house of a home that they'd owned several years in the past. And you have various court dates for both the rest that that got set set for them. Um, They missed these court dates. And then you go uh, into like, I think it's like some sort of six-figure digit of, of bail money that they forfeited because they skipped out on bail and roll around, you know, and you finally get the first case that was eventually dismissed because of uh lack of evidence, uh, at least um, on Randy's side, but his wife, Evie, she got actually sentenced to 240 hours of community service for that. So he comes off good. She gets a slap on the wrist. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I noticed that one and, uh, yeah, they left like this trail of like unpaid, just like uh, uh, hotel like visits, and they weren't like two thousand dollars. I think one was like in the fifties, like fifty thousand, and one like you said was like ten thousand. So yeah, it's it's like they were they were uh, just. Um they didn't have a place to stay or something. And they were just going from hotel to hotel, just partying, living it up and then skipping out on the bill or something. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, I also read that she apparently, um, loved to spend money. She would go to like all the big stores in Hollywood and just blow money. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, um, I've read about her Yeah, and, and, they touched a little bit on it in that documentary. Yeah, I saw it. Yep. Yeah, she was a big spender, big big spender. Um, and if if you take take a look back at at starting at these first court cases, um, that second case where they they uh had uh, warrants squared sweared out on them, uh, four days later, um, they pop up in Canada where they actually stayed up until uh, a couple of years or so ago. And it was like they were staying there to um, stay out of the, the clutches of the U.S. law enforcement. They, they were, they were uh, 
trying to uh, become refugees. They were trying to declare refugee status. And this is where things start to get really like complicated and convoluted here in all this. Yeah, uh, an article I read had um, the person writing the article had somehow managed to interview them in Canada, in Vancouver. Um, and it was it was at a time, had to be recent, where they had to, uh, they were making a decision on whether they would go back to California for a court hearing or just be like, no. So, yeah, that's where the article ended. It was, it was, it was like an open-ended finish where they were talking and they're just like, well, maybe. So, interesting, very interesting. Just they, It's either like go and like see what happens or stay back and just let it ride out. But so this is where, like I said, things are starting to get a little complicated here because you've got, uh, Randy and his wife, Evie, who let's just say they went to Canada so they could avoid all these criminal charges that they had against them. But this was when they also began to start their claim that they were on the run from this group that they called the Hollywood Star Whackers. This was some sort of shadowy, uh, covert organization of, uh, maybe, maybe Hollywood power players. They didn't really say, but it's this some sort of shadowy agency that somehow engineers the deaths and or disgrace of Hollywood celebrities in order to embezzle their royalties or life insurance. This is what Randy and Evie are saying. And as a matter of fact, I have a quote right here from Randy Quaid, and he says, I have had eight friends of mine who have either died mysteriously or had scandals surrounding them in recent years. Now, he said this during a television interview in 2010, and he went on to say that the, the Starwhackers M.O. involved manipulating the banks and the criminal justice systems, both from within side and in, in order to create a, a, a scandal or a mystery around a celebrity that discredits them. Now, according to Randy and Evie, Heath Ledger, David Carradine, and Chris Penn were three of the victims of the Hollywood star whackers and Randy and Evie were convinced that they, along with Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan were next on the list. And, and if you think about it, okay, so now here you have Randy and uh, Evie, both with these criminal charges and they're doing all these weird, crazy things. The press is all over it. Same thing with, with Britney and Lindsay. They're not doing criminal activities, but they're going like nuts, right? They're like, everybody's like, these bitches are insane. So it kind of, you know, that part of it makes sense right there. It definitely does. And you 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 may, I can't remember if you mentioned, but you mentioned earlier, uh, David had worked with Randy in 1980 and Heath worked with him on Brokeback Mountain. Yes, that's yeah. correct. You you can make these yeah. you can make these connections here. Uh, Heath Ledger died of a drug OD in two thousand eight. Yep. David Carradine was found dead in two thousand nine from this autoerotic asphyxiation type mm-hmm. deal. And uh, Randy Quaid had worked with both of them. He worked with Heath Ledger uh, in two thousand five on the Brokeback Mountain movie, 
and he worked with David Carradine in 1980 in a movie called The Long Riders. Yep. So you you have that connection that Randy Quaid has with these two guys that are dead. It is it is an interesting um, web that starts to form. Um, but you also mentioned uh, Brittany and Lindsay, and yeah, they both uh, they both went off the deep end for sure. Um, and it's interesting though, music. I feel like music stars. I feel like it tends to happen a little more. I know we're talking about Randy Quaid, but like you had like I mean Michael Jackson. That's not. I don't think there's any conspiracy there. Michael Jackson. He was taking like some extreme tranquilizer to sleep. Yeah, Michael Jackson killed himself. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's but this idea that like the lifestyle of these uber famous individuals just is like always weighing on their mental sanity and their mental health. It's like that lifestyle is just like crazy. That's actually a very good point. And if you if you think about it, let's let's talk about Lindsay and and Brittany here for a second. So they each had this period in their their career in their life where they they went basically batshit crazy, right? And Lindsay did some like little minor illegal stuff, you know. Uh, uh, Britney Spears never really did. I don't think anything illegal, but Lindsay was a little bit more extreme as far as um, her behavior. Britney. Her behavior wasn't as extreme as Lindsay's, but she was more crazy, if that makes any sense, right? And both of them have weathered the storm. They've come through this on the other side, but their careers are not the same, not anywhere near the star power that they had. So could you say that this is part of some secret organization that's doing something to them to make them go crazy, or are they just snapping are are they just young and don't know how to handle all this pressure and power that they've got? What do you think? Yeah, you could definitely you could definitely go the route of the uh secret 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 Hollywood cabal or whatever. Um and again, it might be it might be possible. Um there could be a group. But yeah, I I am more inclined to think that these young stars just get overwhelmed. Um, I mean, Justin Bieber, huge pop star. He even had a period where he lashed out. I hate that dude. I hate him. <laughs> and he did a bunch of a uh, bunch of crazy things. And um, the child, the child stardom always seems to always seems to get with people. Um, and I get Randy Quaid was obviously older when he had his fame, but um, that's not to say that he. Um, had troubles handling all of it and living that life. Well, you, you're making a good point about you know Hollywood celebrities and, and youth. Um, if you this was before your time, but yeah. th- there's a show um, that was called Different Strokes that was on back in the '70s, and uh, the most famous person that came off that was Gary Coleman, and. Um, the basic premise of the show was uh, Gary Coleman was this little black kid and he had an older black brother and they were adopted by this rich white dude. And um, the rich white dude had a, had a daughter 
And the girl that played her, I think her name was Dana something or other. I can't remember. But she was like the most tragic person ever at that time because after the show was over with, she went into some sort of downward spiral and drugs and mental problems and all this other sorts of stuff and wound up dying. And the dude that played Gary Coleman's older brother, I can't remember his name, but his character's name was Willis. And the guy that played Willis went through some dark times where he actually did some criminal activity, spent time in prison and, and, and all this other sorts of stuff. So if you're going to look at stuff like that, there is historically the younger you are and the more fame and fortune you have, the more the chances that you have of, uh, becoming effed up as you get older. And, and I think part of that, it, it can be related back to, uh, what kind of upbringing you have, what kind of structure you have as you're going through these formative years. Do your parents, are they using you and sucking on your, your money tit or, are they really, you know, there to parent and help you? Yes, that is uh, that is definitely a good point. I recently listened to, um, well, I'm a huge fan of the Joe Rogan podcast, and he had Mike Tyson on recently. And if any, if you, if you followed Mike Tyson through his young young days, the dude was wild. I mean, he had like he had like full-grown lions as his house pets and he would wrestle them and i mean he was into he was doing drugs and all this stuff but um i mean he was he was arguably the one of the most famous boxers um of the generation and i mean he was off the chain until he like got out of boxing and like got out of that lifestyle so all the fame with all the fame and fortune and us us regular individuals like to sit back and be like oh my gosh he's driving like a yeah. he's driving like a Bentley he has like a tiger for a pit he's got yeah. like <laughs> he's got like three Lamborghinis like yeah he does but he also has no privacy like everyone knows everything about him every time he steps out of the door and I think uh, for me I would I would definitely like well that's one of the things. Wild. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's one of the things that you got to think about about celebrities today is uh, we have uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the Internet, uh, instant access to anything, anything that a celebrity does the second that they do it. The whole world can literally know about it the second it happens because yep. you've got paparazzi following them around 24 seven. And, and anytime they do something, especially if it's screwed up. It's out there. Yeah, it is. It did is. You like the way when I snapped my fingers, the refrigerator cut on. Did you like that? Just instantly. Yeah. yeah. And you the lights that dimmed out the whole time, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's my power. Oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your influence. Yes. Yeah. I, I have a lot of influence. Yes. Um, well, that's an interesting point to go off of because um, if you look back in the day, like when Hollywood was getting started back in like the 40s and 50s. No doubt dudes were doing crazy stuff. I mean, there was a whole bunch of mob influence in L.A. and um, all those old, um, old-time, old like, actors. I mean, I can only imagine the stuff they got away with as far as, like, sexual harassment and all that stuff. Um, so no doubt that that's been going on for ages, but now... W.C. Every- Fields was a notorious uh, womanizer and had a lot of sexual deviation stuff. In- Who was that? W.C. Fields. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, 
the guy that played uh, Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. Mm. Uh, this this dude, do you know about him? I don't know. So he had a friend of his that turned him on to uh, tag teaming chicks. Oh my gosh! And they would uh, they would film it. So he got a adi- he had a, a big time sexual addiction, and uh, he he and his his buddy would uh, they'd find chicks and take them back to the hotel room, and, and literally they had you know the camera equipment there, and they just they film themselves tag teaming, running a train on chicks. That is, that's just insane. Jeez. Yeah, I've heard, um, I think it was like Marlon Brando and some of those guys. Because, um, I mean, they were they were like the first huge stars in the movie industry. I mean, arguably, just knowing society back then, they could probably get away with anything. So, yeah, which is just insane to think about these day and times. Yeah, and back then, of course, you know, you didn't have everything that you've got today as far as technology. So stuff, it was harder for stuff to get out. And I'm sure there was paparazzi back then, but nowhere near like what it is like right now today. And it was, God, can you imagine back in the 1920s, you know, 100 years ago? Yeah. Which... I mean, 100 years, that's a long time, but, I mean, you think about it, and you're like, damn, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But, you know, in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, even in the 50s, you know, you could do stuff like that. That's uh, the guy, God, I wish you could remember his name, but the guy that played Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Um, you know, they they were doing this stuff, and no one knew about it until well after the dude died, and... By the way, he died under mysterious circumstances. Did he really? Yeah. So, Hollywood star whackers? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible uh, someone just is like, I don't like this guy anymore. Someone who runs, uh, someone high up, be like, hey, deal with this. Who knows? Like I said, it's possible. (laughs) Well, you know, you you mentioned a couple of people like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, That was... uh, Another one of um, Randy Quaid's friends who he said was murdered. And I don't know if he was really friends with Michael Jackson or yeah. not, but he said he was. So he said, uh, like I said, um, Heath Ledger, David Carradine, Chris Penn. So now you have Michael Jackson. Uh, he also uh, named Natasha, Natasha Richardson. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and all these people are, are, are all some other actors who have appeared in movies with Randy. But no one else in Hollywood appears to have ever talked about a group called the Hollywood Star Whackers or anything that has to do with Hollywood Star Whackers. Yeah, that's the that's the part that kind of makes me doubt his story. Because you know there are other people in Hollywood who have said controversial things and are more... Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like... Um, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but yeah, people who have like people who are talking about like just off the off kind of like fringe topics and um, stuff that you can imagine Hollywood probably wouldn't wouldn't be okay with, or even movies that get made that are about topics that um, shed Hollywood in a bad light. Or so there are people who have done more extreme things that are still, as far as we know. Um, 
okay. So uh, that kind of makes me kind of makes me shy away from his story. Well, let me th- let me throw this out at you. Yeah. You ever heard of the Black Dahlia murder? I have. Okay. So the Black Dahlia murder took place in sometime in the 40s. I can't remember mm-hmm. the exact date right now. But it's one of the most famous unsolved Hollywood, I say in air quote, murders of all time because you had this really beautiful young girl who was found cut in half. She had Hollywood ties because she was trying to break into the business. Mm-hmm. So here you have another, even though she wasn't a quote-unquote celebrity, but she is now, you know, posthumously. Yeah. But did she encounter the Hollywood star whackers? Did she know something that she shouldn't have known, see something that she shouldn't have seen? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Just like if she stumbled across a conversation or asked too many questions. Um, well, I, I believe she was known to do a little, um, for lack of a better word, uh, side jobs. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a prostitute. Let's put it that way. I think she prostituted. I, I mean, I can, yeah. If you're, uh, I mean, people do, uh, people go to extreme lengths to, uh, to get famous for sure. Yes, for sure, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. So let me let me get back to the Randy Quaid thing yes, here for please. just a minute, okay? So, you look at this guy who had some success, all right, and he started getting, the more successful he got, the bigger his roles got, right? So, he gets nominated for an Oscar, he gets nominated for a BAFTA award, he won a Golden Globe, so he's he's this powerful, he's starting to become this powerful Hollywood person. Definitely popular, nonetheless. And now you start talking about the Star Whackers or the Hollywood Star Whackers, which is what he and his wife have named these, I don't know, Hollywood Illuminati. Yeah, secret <laughs> group, uh, Hollywood you know? group. Yeah. yeah. So he said that they started uh, dipping their hands into into his business all the way back in 1983, right after the first vacation film had all that success and using a fake probate file, they created an identity from this woman from Santa Barbara who was dead named Rhonda L. Quaid. And they used a fake trust fund to deposit, uh, and cash Randy's royalty checks from from movies and stuff, and uh, only Rhonda L. Quaid was she was she was actually real. She was a real person. She died in two thousand five, and at the time of her death, it was worth about one point five million dollars. All from Randy Quaid's stolen. Oh, you the maybe okay maybe gotcha. according to what Randy Quaid is saying. Yeah, you know. Um, so, um, you look on the flip side and you talk to Evie, his wife, and she says that Rhonda L. Quaid never existed. No one's ever met her. Uh, she was supposedly a school teacher, but she says if you go to the county and you pull the probate file, that there's $7 million in cash. Now that's a lot different than the 1.5 million that it said she was worth. So how how would a school teacher have that kind of money? Yeah. 
And she says the way that person has that kind of money is that it's Randy's royalty stream. She says that she's researched it. She can't find a body that they're just trying to merge the two identities in order to cash checks from Randy's Randy's royalty checks. And these, the, the people cashing the checks are the secret organization or not organization. Correct. It's like a group of people. Correct. Interesting. Okay. According to Evie and yeah. Randy Quaid, right? So, um, there was a, an article that Vanity Fair did about the Quades in 2011. And, um, well, this, this caused a lot of quote unquote mayhem. And it was mainly because of, of Evie. Um, Evie, uh, met Randy in, uh, let's see, 1988. It says here in my notes, um, he was doing a, movie called the bloodhounds of broadway which i've never never seen or heard of before they started dating had this whirlwind romance and married the following year so this was in 1988 he said the star whackers started getting into his stuff in 1983 so this was what five years before evie came into the picture and um now you've got Evie, who is arguably the person that is pushing Randy to come out with this Hollywood star whacker thing. So is this really his idea or is she crazy and he's crazy too? Is he feeding off of her craziness? Is she feeding off his craziness? What's going on with this? But he didn't start having any kind of, sorry for my squeaky chair. He didn't start having any kind of like really weird conspiracy theories and downward spirals until after he got together with this, with this person. So that is an interesting point. And it did seem like from the stuff I watched and, um, and read that she seemed a little more extreme in her views of what might be going on. Um, yeah. Those are just my observations. So what it, what it was from what I can understand is that she got him to believe that there was a small group of well-connected people who were dipping into his royalty payments and not just that, but the equity in their, uh, over a million dollar home. And so that course, you know, that's where all the money was going. Not from the fact that they're, you know, spending a lot of money themselves. They're going to all these Beverly Hills fashion boutiques where she's spending all this money. They're, you know, having all these, uh, stays in these lavish hotels and, and all that sorts of stuff. You know, it's, it's a, it's a secret Hollywood organization that's sucking your money dry. It's not me. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I see your point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So instead of instead of her spending the money, uh, she's like, "Hey, these guys over on uh, on Rodeo Drive are uh, are draining your bank account." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So you know that's exactly the point when his high profile career started mm. going into the tank. Mm. And, you know, this guy was a, a, a character actor. I mean, he was never someone that was going to um, 
hold a movie on his own and be a star. But if you needed a strong co-star or a strong just character actor, he was your guy. He was your go-to guy, especially if it was some sort of comedic relief type person. So this thing was getting him a steady stream of work. But you go forward to the, the late 1990s and the early 2000s, and you start seeing this slowly, slowly starting to go away. you got got... Uh, uh, like made-for-TV movies that no one remembers yeah. him with. Uh, there's a few more vacation sequels, which were, you know, they, they, they kind of sucked, you know. And and he started becoming in he started being in in movies that were that were uh, more bombs than they were, you know, successes. Uh, like uh, uh, Pluto Nash, if you remember that from Eddie Murphy, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, that was horrible. I do. Uh, the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, nice. That was also a Randy Quaid yeah. uh, project, you know. So, so this is when his his star power started falling. Things, you know, falling. Yeah. And then um, you fast forward to 2007, and it started to look up just a little bit. Uh, he was cast. Uh, in the uh, Falstaff role in Lone Star Love. This was an uh, 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 American Civil War reinterpretation of the uh, Mary uh, Wise of Winster, the Shakespeare play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what happened was he assaulted a cast member. And he said he was doing it in character. Um, But he assaulted this cast member. I think he slapped him a couple of times in the face, like really hard. Uh, then he had uh, these other um, things that was going on with Evie, where she was uh, filming the rehearsals of this uh, this play, and that's against uh, against the rules. You know, you can't do that. Um, and she was sending uh, all kinds of like uh, unpleasant emails to the producers of the play, and uh, she even. Uh, gave some of the cast and crew, she texted them a naked photo of herself lying on the bed holding a gun, whatever the heck that was about. But this was all while he was trying to make this play. Huh. That is uh, very odd, especially the naked picture. Uh, It sounds very um, sociopathic. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, and she initially was a uh, she modeled for a little bit, I believe, when they were when they first met or before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sounds like after that though, she didn't have much of a career, from what I can tell. It sounds no, like just hanging on Randy's coattails, apparently. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, which, as we said before, could be the case as to why he's pretty much bankrupt. Well, the the. Uh... The union for the for the theater is called uh, Equity. So after um, this this happened, where he slapped the his coworker, and then she was filming all these rehearsals, sending all these emails, texting naked fi- pictures of himself. So that got him kicked out of the play. They got him thrown out. He got fined eighty one thousand dollars, and he was banned from the union. So, which means he couldn't do any more Broadway plays, and the whole thing got shut down. 
Dang, the whole project. The whole project got oh, shut gosh. down because of that. Because Imagine of that. that cost people some money. Yeah. Uh, then after that, he only made two more films. He made uh, this film called Real Time and another uh, sports comedy called Gary the Tennis Coach. And that was before the first arrest warrant was issued in October 2009. Okay. And then uh, just a couple of years ago, October 2016, they were arrested in Vermont while they, after they crossed the border after being ordered by Canada to return to the U.S. Uh, they were later released, and now they appear to be on some sort of tour in Vermont, which is where Evie happens to, to be from. Um, it's such a, a really weird um, situation with that. They, in their um, bid to stay in Canada... Um, they filed for asylum as refugees and Canada kept them there for a couple of years while they were trying to work all this out. And they actually granted asylum to Evie because her parents were Canadian, but not to Randy. So she had asylum. I guess she was now a Canadian citizen. He wasn't all this weird shit happened and they somehow wound up coming back into Vermont. They get arrested and, because of some technicality, they get released. But if they go outside of the state of Vermont, because they have all these other arrest warrants and everything on them, they'll be arrested and thrown in jail. But if they stay in Vermont, they're okay. So they can never leave the state of Vermont again. So they can't go to Canada, because Canada said enough, and you know now you're, you're kicked out. They can only stay in Vermont, and they have no home. They've been living out of their car or whatever. I don't know. Gosh. Well, I will say on the bright side, if there there are worse states that you could be trapped in, like uh, Mississippi, Louisiana. <laughs> no. I've been to Mississippi. There's a reason why Mississippi is called Mississippi, my friend. I've is it really? I've, yes. I've never been. I've only been to Alabama, and nah, that's Alabama the beautiful. The that's my home state. Oh, Don't say really? anything bad about yeah, Alabama. Forget I said that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so that's, I guess that's why he has a giant beard. He, uh, he's just living in the woods of Vermont. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's, that's it. exactly it. So <clears throat> I want to play this audio clip of uh, Randy giving a press conference about the Hollywood Star Whackers, and I want to get your, uh, your opinion on that. I'm in there, Robert. All right, I'm going to read, um, read a statement, and afterwards... I turn it over to my attorney, Captain Sass, for any questions you may have. Um, hell! That's not the statement. <laughs> for the past 20 years, my wife, Evie, and I have been the victims of criminal activities perpetrated by a small network of individuals who are out to destroy us personally, professionally, and financially. This network of individuals is manipulating the banking system and the criminal justice system for the purposes of sabotaging our credit and our credibility. Three of these individuals are Hollywood lawyers and a business manager, all of whom I hired 20 years ago to handle my legal and business affairs. They're Alan Wattenmaker, my former estate planner, Warren Grant, my former business manager, and Lloyd Braun, my ex-attorney. These three, along with a few others whose professional services I've engaged over the years, have conspired together to steal my property, my money, 
and with the aid of specific individuals at two major studios, Bruce Berman certainly being one, have gained access to my royalties revenue streams. These people have been able to do these things through the creation of a phony probate file, phony living trusts, secret bank accounts, fake loans, bogus corporations, smear campaigns, and false arrests of my wife and me. They have been aided and abetted in their schemes by the entertainment division of City National Bank's Roxbury branch in Beverly Hills. This particular branch is a major financial hub for the entire Hollywood industry. With the cooperation of certain individuals within City National's entertainment division, business managers, lawyers, and agents have been able to misappropriate my assets, life insurance policy, and royalties through various client trust accounts and bogus loans taken out in my name without my knowledge. The president of the bank's estate planning division told my wife that the bank prefers dead actors because they don't get in the way. These former employees of mine have further reached out to their relatives and contacts in Santa Barbara County to take civil disputes and turn them into criminal complaints against us. To be clear, we did not defraud an innkeeper and we did not trespass on our own property. Up until a year ago, Evie and I had never had any run-in with the law whatsoever. We are not criminals, nor are we fugitives from justice, nor are we crazy. We are simply artists and filmmakers who are being racketeered on. So, uh, what do you think about that little three-minute press conference there, Eric? The clip is interesting because he he doesn't seem like crazy at all. He's very composed. It's within a group of people. He has his lawyer next to him. He doesn't. They don't show. The clip I saw, he didn't answer any questions. That he said the his lawyer would answer questions. So, I I don't know. It's he seems pretty straight up to me. In that one instance, but wait until you check out his Twitter account. Okay. It's crazy. Dude. Is it really? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I will do that. <laughs> But yeah, the clip, the the public appearance, if you will, he seemed to be holding it together. Um, what year was that clip from? I have no idea. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it didn't seem like too far off. Well, it was way before he got his uh, bushy mountain man beard. That so. is true. No mountain man beard. So it must have been before they got arrested. Yeah. Huh. So in the end, we've talked a lot about crazy Randy Quaid. Yes. And his crazy wife, Evie. So what what do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the evidence basically that we presented is that there are two people who say there's this secret organization in Hollywood that's killing celebrities and ruining their careers all in an effort to try to control them so they can get their, their, their fortune, basically. And you do have some compelling stuff we talked about his connections with uh, Chris Penn and, and Keith Ledger and um, uh, David Carradine, who they've all worked together and been in movies and stuff together. Those three are dead. A couple of them under mysterious circumstances. Well, all three of them really under mysterious circumstances. And then you've got them talking about how Lindsay Lohan and, and Britney Spears are, are on the list 
and you look at the behavior of Lindsay, Brittany, and Randy and his wife, Evie, and they all fit together hand in hand. So there's evidence, but it's circumstantial at best is what I would say. So the case, as far as I'm concerned, for there being a group called the Hollywood Star Whackers, who would name their secret organization the Hollywood Star Whackers anyway? But the 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 evidence is very circumstantial and just hanging on by a thread as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? No, I'm with you on that. Um and I agree. If they uh, if they hear people call them the Hollywood Star Whackers, they probably wanna um probably wanna trademark a different name. But <laughs> But uh, no, on a, on a serious note, I think that here's my first thought. Um, the Heath Ledger death was crazy to me because he had just been in one of my favorite movies of all time, where he played the Joker. I mean, that role was absolutely insane. And then I think very short after that, like a very short time period, he ended up uh, overdosing. So I thought I always thought that was a weird, weird death, but um, he was also a young rising star, as we've previously stated. Um, that can always uh, mess with people. But I think, as far as the Randy Quaid uh, things concerned, I just think he uh, he just couldn't continue being a a list celebrity. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone's, I mean, from the information that's out there, I don't think anyone's messing with him. Uh, like you said, it's circumstantial at best. I just think they're two individuals who just kind of struggled with the lifestyle, especially, I feel like, she, I feel like she, um, is maybe dragging it on. I don't know. I don't know about Randy. Randy, maybe not. But again, haven't looked at his Twitter, so. <laughs> well, she, she's she's just as crazy as he is, or he's just as crazy as she is. I I don't know which who's 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 the you know yeah. instigator, but they're they're both seriously is something. There's something wrong with them. Now you 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 can you can take it even a step further and say, and eh, there could be some drug use involved in there. Possible. I mean, you know, uh, just based upon their lifestyle and, and, and everything yeah, and what they're, they're saying. Yes. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be some mental instability. Um, there could be so many, so many things, but I, I, I really doubt if, if there is some sort of clandestine organization like this out there, yeah, they are the most super secret organization in the history of the universe, even more secret than the Illuminati. Oh, for, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find Illuminati stuff all over the internet this supposed group of whackers is uh, almost non-existent on the internet. Again, they might go by a different name that no one knows. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I agree. It's it's it. Again, the only stuff that we found was Randy Quaid talking. The only legitimate stuff, I should say. Yeah, and which goes back towards I really don't think that there is a group called the Hollywood Star Whackers. Now, I agree. I agree. If, if there is one person out there who would probably know that, it's uh, my good friend Isaac Weishaupt, who does a podcast called uh, The Conspiracy Theory and Unpopular 
Culture Podcast, I think is what the name of it is. Um, I, I've interviewed him here on Parareality Radio a couple of times. I've been a guest on his show before. Um, he's written several books all about the Illuminati symbolism within the celebrity culture. Mm. And most of it, uh, most of his stuff is relegated to uh, the hip hop um, for sure. Um, genre of music. Um, it, it, he, some very interesting stuff. Uh, if there is a group out there that's, that's like this, yeah. he would be the person that would know. I, I have reached out to him on Twitter and asked him what he thought about the Hollywood star Wreckers, if he's ever heard of it. And he hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah. Um, probably because he's like, Phew. You know, he's got, <laughs> he's he's got, I've got, I got more important. I've got yeah. real stuff to talk about, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, if there's anybody who, um, who would know who would have a clue, it would, it would be this guy. And, uh, if you haven't, uh, checked out any of his stuff, yeah, you need to, uh, you need to check out it. I'll send you a link. Yeah. I'll have to do that. So. Definitely. So, uh, in, oh, my squeaky chair, I got to put some <laughs> WD 40 on this. So, in in conclusion, I think that we're both going to agree that there probably is no such thing as the Hollywood Star Whackers. Uh, I, I really think that Randy and Evie need to get some professional help. Mm. Um, they probably need to be on some medication. Um, what are the chances that two people who suffer from something like bipolar would be together? Uh, probably pretty high. So, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I think that they need some, some help. And where is Dennis in all this? I... I'm glad you brought that up. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you don't hear anything about Dennis. You don't hear anything about his brother, who is more famous than Randy. All right, by now he is. I mean, at one point they might have been together in like side by side, but yeah, Dennis. When you hear Quaid, you don't you don't really. I mean, you think of Randy, but Dennis is the first one that pops in my head. So probably his agent or his handlers or whoever. Yeah. Or like, I know this guy's your brother, but you got to distance yourself from this yeah. guy. You can't, you know. I I feel pretty sure that that uh, Dennis is funneling money to Randy in some shape, form, or fashion. I'm sure it's not imagine. in the form of millions of dollars or anything. But I mean, this is the guy's brother, so he's not going to let him starve to death. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've I've thought of that too. But you you never hear anything about Dennis Quaid talking about Randy at all. Yeah. Never. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Um, the other thing that I will end on is that if there is, if something is happening and has happened to Randy's uh, supposed inheritance money, I would imagine it could be a couple people that he pissed off that are like high executives or something that just want to like, they don't want to see him. So they just know if they do this, he'll like, he won't be able to go anywhere. He has no money. He has no inheritance. He All of his past projects are like, gone because he can't get any royalties from him so they and if that was their goal it has worked so mission accomplished mission on that accomplished, yeah yeah. Right. yeah so that about does it for our show this evening with the hollywood star whackers now before i uh we we close out here and i know i'm running a little over an hour but you know what it's my show i can do what i want i don't care i i just wanted to take a minute and address a couple of things that have happened with the uh, the podcast since I have been uh, back on the air. Um, if you will uh, 
if you if you follow me on Twitter or or, or friends with me on Facebook or anything, you know that I've I've said that uh, I've had some problems with my uh, recording software here lately, and um, uh, part of that was evident uh, on your uh, your premiere with with uh, yeah, with you the messed show. up my premiere. What the heck, man? <laughs> Well, I did that on purpose. I can't have you outshine the host. Ah, darn. No. Now, so, yeah, um, so, you know, it's almost like this podcast uh, in all of its forms, one form or the other, has been cursed from the beginning. I have been plagued with problems with production um, from almost the the get-go. Something is always happening, and... Uh, for instance, uh, when when you uh, made your premiere last month, everything went great. And then uh, when it came time to um, mix the 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 show and everything, uh, I thought it was the uh, computer software that uh, took a big shit on me, and I managed to save it. But I had to basically uh, delete all the audio off of your mic and use the audio from my mic. And thank God we could hear you yeah. in, in a little bit off of off of my mic. And then uh, the, the last show that I did um, a couple of weeks ago with the Bladenboro Beast, um, same thing. Mm-hmm. My audio program took a big shit on me, and I, I thought it was the audio program. And uh, I downloaded the latest update, uh, the latest version of the the software that I use, and I downloaded another soft piece of software. I couldn't get anything to work, and what I wound up doing is, is, is you listen to it, and you know the audio quality is shite. And, and there's a noise in the background and yeah. all this other sorts of stuff. Well, I, I wound up going very, very low tech and I basically had to hold a microphone up to from one computer up to the other computer and hold a microphone up there to the speakers so I could get it to record. It's just crazy. And so uh, I found out that it wasn't my recording software that took a big shit on me. It was my computer that took a big shit on me. So um, I spent all this money trying to fix my audio program, and it was really my computer. So we're operating right now off of the laptop, which is is great. There, you're not going to have a problem with it because I've used the laptop to record many episodes of the show. Um, but I finally got everything figured out now, and uh, the, the answer is uh, buy a new computer. That's the answer. So I, I, I we're going to be running off laptop power here for the next foreseeable future. Hey, um, but you know, you know what? It's going to work. Yep. Um, and we've got uh, um, things figured out with um, with um, our microphones. Yeah. You know. Um, so um, you may have every once in a while a little bit of a of a microphone bleed, a little bit of echo. But uh, we're getting things slowly worked out with that. Everything's gonna gonna be good here uh, for the rest of the 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 the, the podcast. So I, I at least I hope. I mean, you never you, you try to plan for all these things that you can't foresee. But um, that's what's been going on. That's why the audio quality has been kind of um, messed up. But I've got it fixed. Everything's gonna be right in the world now, and. Um, 
yeah, everything's, everything's good. Everything's good. So like I was saying, I, I just wanted to let everybody know what was going on with the audio and, and we should be, we should be getting everything back up to speed now. So everything should be good. Um, and we're running a little over time, so we're going to call it quits. I hope that everybody enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can just go to the website and click on the old contact page there on the contact link and, and send me an email that way. Uh, by the way, parareality.com is where you can find out all sorts of information about the show. You can listen to the current episode. You can listen to some past episodes in the uh, archives. I've got uh, uh, a news section on the website now that gives you the latest and greatest uh, paranormal and UFO and crypto and weird news from all over the world. It updates on a daily basis. So if you just got to get your paranormal news fix, you can go to parareality.com and get it there. Um, you can watch some videos. I'm going to be posting a video up here. I'm going to shoot a video before long and you're, you're going to have a new video on the, uh, on the video page, but you can find out all kinds of stuff about parareality there. You can also check out Facebook. If you type in parareality radio on a Facebook search, you can find me there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at parareal radio. Um, you can call me on the studio line, 615-692-1170 and leave a message. Uh, by the way, if you leave a message, that's giving me permission to pay your, play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want me to do that, you need to tell me when you leave a message. So yeah, you can find me on, on all over the place on the web, parareality.com. You can look up parareality radio on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at parareal radio. Um, email me sandman at parareality.com. Eric. How can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? I do not exist on the internet, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You're so smart. Yeah. So brilliant. Just brilliant. No, um, you can catch me um, on uh, – so for those who do not um, or are not aware, I have another podcast myself. That's the easiest way to find me. Um, yes, yes. I'm so sorry I forgot to say that. Please, No, no, please. no worries. Yeah, just uh, World We Live In podcast. It's on uh, It's on iTunes. Um Apple Podcasts, I should say, and uh, anywhere else you can find me um, as well. But you can on Twitter, uh, World We Live Pod, and uh, yeah, that's the best way to find me. World We Live Pod on Twitter, iTunes or Apple Podcast. World We Live in Podcasts. Yeah, the World We Live in Podcast on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, sweet. So be sure he does a. You guys do a show like every week, right? That is that is the goal. My uh, my my wonderful co-host uh, Kyle. He uh, recently started a full time job with the uh, Titans NFL team, and so it's been a little shaky as to our uh, release schedule. But that is every week. Uh, yes, that's 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 the ultimate goal. Correct. And uh, I plan on making an appearance on your podcast very soon, everybody. Yes, uh, hopefully next week. Uh, that would be great. If Kyle's not available, I'm totally down for us sitting down and chit-chatting. Sweet. I'm I'm down. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll work it out. But I'm going to be on the World We Live In podcast next week. Uh, when's that going to be available? Do you, do you have a date scheduled yet? Uh, we're looking to record next Friday, so it should be available next weekend. So Look for it. World yes. We Live In podcast on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, and World We Live In pod on Twitter. So there's all the different ways you can hear 
Eric Patterson, the, the, the great Eric Patterson. And by the way, um, I keep forgetting to say this, but, uh, you know, I keep telling you about all the different ways you can get in touch with me, but how can you listen to the show? How can you listen to Parareality Radio? Well, you can, like I said, go to parareality.com. You can also listen to it on Facebook, on the Parareality Radio page on Facebook. I'm also on Stitcher. Not Stitcher. Yes, Stitcher. I'm also on Stitcher. If you look for uh, Parareality Radio on Stitcher, I'm on Google Podcast now, Parareality Radio on Google Podcast, and you can find me on Spreaker, that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, and I believe I am also on LastFM.com, and it's all Parareality Radio. Just look for that on your favorite uh, podcast. Now, I haven't um, gotten to Apple Podcasts yet. I'm working on that. I was talking with Eric about it earlier. I'm not an Apple guy. I'm an Android guy. So I've been focusing mainly on Android and PC and stuff like that. So Apple podcast, that's my next thing I'm going to conquer. So be be on the lookout for that. So you can find me on parareality.com. You can listen to the show there. You can listen to me on Spreaker. You can listen to me on the Parareality radio page on Facebook. You can find me on Stitcher. You can find me on Google Podcast and Last.fm. So those are all the different ways you can hear Parareality Radio. All right, everybody. My next show is going to be on Friday, March the 1st, 2019 at 8 p.m. Central U.S. time. So if you want to know what it is, you're going to have to turn on, tune in, and find out. Everybody, I really hope that this radio program opens your minds up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way that you see the world. If you wish to change... You must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then we see the true power of the universe. For having me. As always, we'll see you here again next month. One month. And in, in the, the third, third, third Friday in March <laughs> is when Eric is going to be back as my co-host. So uh, make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out on the third Friday of March, whatever date that happens to be (laughs) i don't know what it is sorry all right everybody that's it we'll see you later i hope you have a wonderful evening and uh, i'll see you again in two weeks good night if you wish to change you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes only then will you see the true power of the universe